Welcome to episode 565 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right, team, welcome along to episode 565 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm good. I'll be, I'll be even better once my toes defrost. A bit cold. Did you go for a bike ride? No, I just biked up here. And you got frosty in like 15 minutes? Yes. Wow. It's not that cold, is it? It's not, but I'm, I'm somehow hurting. I'm hurting. You put your but shoe I'm covers okay. on? Got my shoe covers on. Got my blue 70 shoe covers on there. And uh, it didn't help that my bike shoes were left outside overnight, still drying out from... Sunday, today's Tuesday, and uh, they were a little bit cold when I put them on. I feel for your feet. Good. That's almost the worst part of long riding, isn't it, on a cold day? Feet and hands. When you get in, get in the shower and it hurts. Because mm. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm talking is proudly brought to you by... Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Galactic buffer. And our patrons. And let's name a few Jumbo. Eddie Magneto Farrell. We've got Jeremy the Arrow. Where's that one? Ramiri, Ramiri, okay. Ramini. Andrew, awesome. Or you can keep your hat on, Sega. You can keep your hat. Is it? You can leave your hat on. You can leave your mm-hmm. hat I think on. That's where it came from. Okay, Matthew, smash the pack, Comrade Jones. And Neil Cooper. I didn't have your nickname down, Neil. So if, if we have given you one, please email it through. Otherwise, we will come up with a new one. The mystery. The mystery. Neil, the mystery, Cooper. Okay, this week's show, we've got the news, we've got statistic. We've got a hot topic of the week. We've got a coach's corner slash workout of the week. And I've actually added a Bevan coach's corner. Oh, get excited. And you're going to love it because the question I got from someone, I absolutely loved that I got it. Uh, age group of the week, wanger of the week. And we and last week's wanger of the week, she sent me an email. Mm-hmm. Maybe they didn't go that fast downhill. Right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Let's just clarify that. Uh, my, my concerns were correct. Yes. Uh, and then we've got some questions and answers. Well, we've got one question at the end. Uh, Jombo, big news from this weekend. Iron Century... At least Debbie finished the hundred days in a hundred hundred half iron mans in a hundred days. Swim one point nine k, bike ninety k, run twenty one k for a hundred days. But on the hundredth day, she doubled down and did Ironman Australia at the weekend. Now she is a top age grouper. She has uh, one. I'm pretty sure a few years ago she was the fastest female age grouper overall at Ironman New Zealand. But after 99 days of doing half, she still managed to get fourth in her age group at Ironman Australia, which is pretty bloody impressive. That is impressive. So I'm going to see if I can line up Debbie for an interview over the next couple of weeks. But given that she's just done 100 days of half Ironmans, I'd imagine her inbox is going to take a little while to clear. So uh, we'll see if we can line that up for you in the next couple of weeks. But pretty impressive. You know, the big thing was for her um, partner, John, to see if he could do the 100 Ironmans, but he got forced out through injury. Pretty th- early on too, wasn't it? Yeah, and I, he, he seems like the kind of guy who I think has got the mental fortitude to be able to do this sort of yep. thing. Um, so I think it really was just down to injuries, not to him cracking mentally or anything like that. So we'll find out from Debbie how many John actually ended up doing. He did do a lot, um, but he certainly did not do 100. And I think he was out sort of somewhere between 10 and 15. He had to succumb to injury and then he kind of got back in the game and did uh, quite a few more. Plus he was out there a, a lot with Debbie as well. Well, what was really cool was he actually finished the 100 days by doing Ironman Australia and she stood at 11-16 and got fourth in her age group overall. Mm. So, jeepers creepers, this is the taper. It is very <laughs> impressive. I'm, I'm really intrigued to see how she found it. Did it just become yeah, a daily training? 
yeah. um, just just became the thing you did for 100 days and you kind of just adapted and, and got on with it. And I think 100 halves is significantly different to 100 falls. Yep, totally. uh, but, but still, it's still an awesome yeah. achievement. Oh, jeepers creepers, man. Just even the life commitment. Imagine doing anything for 100 days. Mm. And, she's only, and she only had a baby six months ago. Impressive woman. So well done, well done, Debbie. You're an absolute rock star. Okay, we also had Ironman Australia happening over this weekend. And a bit of top three is the same as last year, but a bit of a change in the order, John. Yes, I went to, I logged on there when they were on the run. And whilst you might think that David Dello ran away with it when you look at the results, uh, when I looked, Tim Reed was in the lead and he was kind of pulling away. Uh, and then David How far Dello, was it then? I'm going to say it was, it was maybe. 15k something like okay. that they came off the bike um, more or less together well if you look at their splits they did, yeah. they, there was two seconds separating David Dallow and Tim Reed uh, out of the swim and that two seconds was exactly reversed off the bike and then David but they, but they weren't in the lead Clayton Fattel was first at yep. that stage wasn't he no, no surprises there so he's a gun swimmer so Clayton Fattel swam 45 and rode a 430 yeah. versus the other guys swam 49s and rode 434s now did Clayton Fattel blow or is that a pretty typical run for him uh, I'd say it's a less of a blow than what you quite often see with him Okay. Uh, so I think that's you know he, he's it's not like he's a Gumby runner 310's not a great run for, no. for, 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 for a professional athlete of um, any standard but uh, you know he, he well if he'd ran a three hour he would have got second Mm. You know, so. so David Dallow took it out, swam 49, rode 4.34 and ran 2.47, uh, beating Tim Reid, the defending champion, by about seven minutes or so. Set a new course record at the same time and took home the 2,000 points and $8,000 US. So good on him. And I was wondering, we, David Dallow sort of comes and goes a bit, so I went on to... Because um, yeah, he got a top 10 in Kona a few years ago, didn't he? Yeah. He's a nice guy. Yeah, so I went on to sport, uh, trysplits.com, which I love, and... And uh, looking back at Kona last year, he had a bit of a shitter, only finished 24th. Second at Cairns last year, second at Ironman Australia last year, fourth at uh, Western Australia just um, in the sort of season before. Challenge wrote, he's had a 7.59.28 in 2015, finishing oh, wow. third place. Uh, and he, then he's got Ironman Melbourne a third, Ironman Western Australia a third. So, and he has won Ironman Cairns as well back what, in what about 2012. Because oh, I'm sure he got a top 10, didn't he? Ironman World Championships, you are correct. 2012, he got a ninth. I think we interviewed him the next year, didn't we? And since then, hasn't been a happy hunting ground. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, good racing at, at um, Ironman Western Australia on the, the guys' side of things. For the girls, Laura Sidel. That's a domination of the dojo. Complete domination. Yep. 28 minutes. That yes. goes in the official domination of the dojo rankings. Yeah. And we might catch up with her next week. I did Facebook her. Uh, she was traveling this morning. So we might catch up with her next week because she's done a lot of racing. And this is her first Ironman win. Oh, great. Uh, but she, so far this year, she's done Challenge Wanaka, where she was a very close second. It was an awesome race. She did Ironman New Zealand. And she also has done some half distance races as well. So we're into May and she's done three iron distance races already. Good for her though. She now has, according to Torsten, has enough uh, points to be validated for Kona, as does Tim Reed because he won the 70.3 World Champs. He really just needed one race to tick it off. So we'll see if Tim Reed does go to Kona or not. He didn't last year, did he? 
he did, but he kind of uh, was there in person, in, in person yeah. but just kind of, uh, I think he was just going to roll the dice and see what happened, and he was uh, pretty smoked from the 70.3 World Champs. Well, the 70.3 World Champs this year, John, could be very, very interesting, because we have this new triathlete coming into, the, into our world, this guy called Alistair Brownlee, have you heard of him? I have heard of him. Well, it turns out he's not too bad at this longer distance as well. So this weekend we had St. George, and St. George was a pretty good race, but you'd have to say pretty dominant performance. He did, it seems like he pulled up in the run a little bit. Um, he did say, I did see some some kind of comment from him saying, you know, he felt a little tired in the run, but he felt he got his nutrition pretty good and he needs to learn that side of it a little bit well. Uh, Sanders was catching him. But, it's, you know, I think he knew he had it. So he swam a 23-18, biked a 201, and then ran a 114. Sanders' swim was definitely the, the problem there. He swam a 26, ran a 201, ran a 112, um, but probably was never really in the game. Well, i got to say, everybody's jumping up and down about Alistair Brownlee, and I think it's awesome what he did out there. Not totally unexpected. You know, he matched Lionel Sanders and Keenlay on the bike with a 201, which those two, you know, arguably... The two of the fastest, yep. you know, you throw a couple of other names in the mix, but those are two of the most dominant riders in the in the sport. So that's pretty awesome from Alistair Brownlee. But I think the most impressive thing of performance of the day possibly is Lionel Sanders' run. At 112, when you're running up against guys like Sebastian Keenlay, Tim Don, Brent McMahon, and those guys are running 115s, 116s, and he's putting three minutes into them. Yes, Brownlee may have eased up a little bit, and he's the kind of guy who would he would have had that under control you would think yeah, even course. if he had a few nutritional issues he could have run quite a bit quicker I think but I still think that that's Alistair Brownlee wicked awesome excited to see him pumping it but that run by Lionel Sanders I'm very very impressed he does not I mean I've granted I've seen him running one time in Kona and he was struggling a little bit there but even when he he just did not look like a runner whatsoever he has quite a big unit isn't he ginormous quads yeah. and he looked like he was limping along and hobbling along and he did, just didn't look like a runner so to run it that much quicker than some of the top top runners is very very impressive He's just got such a big chink in his armour, but... Mm. Yeah, and I think, although at championship races he struggled, this is, you know, I suppose you don't have um, Gomez and Fredino and a few of the other gun swimmers there, so it will be intriguing to but see. But really, he's three minutes down on the top swimmers. Mm. And in a half, that's a problem. And, and on this course... It, it being a harder course, it is much more advantageous for, for him, him because yep. he's got a hard bike course and he can now st- start to make some inroads. I suspect when it goes to Chattanooga, which is more of a, a little bit of a rolling bike course, I think he'll probably get shut out after the swim if if they ride a good aggressive pace at the front. If they don't, then he could come into the equation. But you still, even with that run today, I still get the feeling that you know Brownlee and Fredino and Gomez would still outrun and, and, him. And, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. But uh, but I've got to say, very very impressed with that one twelve nineteen. You've got to give more credit to Alistair Brownlee. He won. He, that's that's a top field. Uh, Turns uh, up first yeah. day and wins it. But I expected it. I know, you know? it's still. Yep, no. You know, because we could go to the list. No, I know it's not iron distance, and we have to say we we still we still need to be tested in that department, and this is one race, and let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves. But sometimes, you know, like sometimes when people are successful, we don't give them as much credit mm-hmm. because they're successful. Mate, that's an awesome performance. Oh, yeah, it is. Yep. I'm, I, <laughs> I'm a, but I, I just expected it. I, and, and, I know, and, and, but still, we got to, we still have to say. Give him the love. Look at the field. Look who he beats. Brett McMahon's. Hasn't Brett McMahon been a world champion? 
No. Oh, isn't he? But he's, <laughs> you tried but to he's, throw but that he's pretty good, isn't he? That, no, it is a top quality field. He crushed it. But I'm just saying, I think Lionel Sanders, he, I'm giving him performance of the day. Crushed it. Run. Oh, it's all right. Yeah. Alistair Brownlee. Alistair, you're, you're, you're a star. You're a star. Come, welcome to <laughs> our he's world. A, he's a rising. Welcome to it. We want him to, in our world. We're just oh, dismissive of him. We want him We want him in the world championship of Ironman, I mean, okay? So let's just keep encouraging I'm that. I'm still dirty on him wearing that white T-shirt in the Super League. <laughs> <Can> build a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> okay, some other random results. Yes, so we had loads of 70.3 racing on at the weekend. Dan Wilson beat Crowey. Crowey's still racing like a bloody legend. Like, Dan Wilson's a good athlete, and there's a couple of other decent guys racing as Crowey well. Crowey must be, what, 42 now? Yeah, I think he'd be turning 42 this year, I'd say. Uh, and then we also had Anya Berenik winning in a challenge race in Rimini, and uh, Tim Van Berkel winning in 70.3 Vietnam, beating out Mike Phillips from Christchurch. 40, he's coming up 44, John. 44? Yeah. Goodness me. That is phenomenal, isn't it? Mm. You know, you think that when we were young, a 44-year-old man <laughs> was like a granddad. Well, I was thinking yesterday, I was thinking, you know, when we used to go to Kona and stuff and we were interviewing the top yep. athletes, they were of the same age of us or maybe a little bit yeah, older or a little bit old, younger. John. Now we're going to Kona. <laughs> They're all younger than us now. <laughs> we're turning into Bob Ebbett back <laughs> <with> the <laughs> old guys. <laughs> I've got a few greys coming through as well. But mm. just back to Clayton Fattel, you are asking about him before. I went to back onto trysplits.com. He was run 307 at Ironman Australia. He ran 315 at uh, Ironman New Zealand this year. 316, 313, 310. 304 was his best run at Ironman Western Australia back in 2011. So he's a three-hour runner at best. He is, but I dare say he should be a lot quicker than yeah, that. Yeah, but that's what you always said about Bjorn, but he never did it. Yep, yep, no, Because you, know, you always said, oh, Bjorn, come in under he three. He could, easy. But he never did. No. So it's one thing to say you can, but you've got to do it. Show us the money's in the result. Okay, John, challenge rights coming up. We're going to be there. It's, actually, who cares about the pros? But the pros are it's exactly one month today, uh, two months today, Bevan. Oh, good on stuff. the 9th of July. I've got a pretty good two months then. I'm off to Taiwan next week, mm. come back for a couple of weeks, and then I'm off to my honeymoon. It's going to be good times. Oh, good times, rock and roll. So, on the guys' side of things, it should be a good race because you take Fredino out of the equation. Whilst it's as exciting as it is to see him absolutely smoke it last year, it wasn't really much of a race. Is, but he, doing, is he doing Frankfurt? Uh, I'm not sure where he's going to be racing. He's got to validate somewhere. No, so. no, because he did. Um, oh, no, it's Taiwan. Yeah, no, he hasn't. I, I did check yesterday and he hasn't. I didn't see that he's validated okay. anywhere yet. So it should be a good race. You've got Nils Frumhold in there. Um, you've got Timo Brach. This is going to be his last iron distance race. And you've got Joe Skipper, who had a fantastic yeah, second blinder. place last year. So I'd say it would be it should be a really good, exciting race. It's, uh, the, the marketing this year is very much going to be about Daniela Reef. And on a comment that I saw from her, she stated, you know, the, the record of Chrissy does excite her. And if the perfect day presents itself and by that you know, you perfect weather, you got perfect feelings, etc. She's gonna go perfect for the feelings. Record. Well, you gotta, you know, you gotta be, you gotta be on fire. If she wants to go for it, she's gotta be on fire. And if she is on fire, I think she thinks she's got a, a, a shot at least at going for What'd it. What you do? She was about four minutes off last year, wasn't she? I can't remember what she did last year. Okay, but uh, maybe I should look that up. Maybe you should challenge. Go to, go or go to trysplits.com. Oh, trysplits. I've never heard of this. So you keep talking. I hear, well, it's been a website of the week. Yeah, I know. But, oh, so, no, it must have been on here because it's in my, my history, John. So as well as Daniela Reef, uh, you've got Yvonne Van Vlerken, you've got uh, Heather Wirtle and Laura Sedell also listed on there. So I think it'll be a pretty good race for second place. Um, but realistically, if Daniela Reef is on fire, she is just going to crush everybody. And I'm intrigued to see how far she comes past me on the bike. Oh, that's right. Because what did Chrissy did? 8.18 8, yeah she did 8.22 mm. 
There you go. Four minutes Good spot work. On. So we're, I think I've got a five-minute head start in, in Roke. I think the pros and the sub-nine wave and the over-bloody-70s or something all start first. And as is different to when Bevan and I raced over there, we had the pro girls and the guys starting. The girls are starting behind us, and I think it's five minutes. So I'd imagine she's going to take maybe two minutes out of me in the swim. So uh, you're going to try to stay with her, are you? No, but... Yeah, you're going to try to do an 818. <laughs> I'm just going to be interested to see how far she comes past and how many numpties she's dragging with her from the sub-nine-hour wave who is going to, just going to think, I'm going to try to hang on to Daniela Reef. How many age groupers could go that fast? None. None at all? No, no, no eight, 18, no, no way. I'd, I'm, I'm going to guess the first age grouper is maybe 835, 840, okay. something like that, maybe. That's what, that's what I'm guessing, unless they're real. Yeah, yeah. It should be racing pro age grouper. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I would say the fastest age group, I'm picking about 8.35 probably. Maybe so you're just waiting for that moment, because you, you hate being checked. Well, I don't, I don't. I you do, hate I it. I do not like you being checked. You hate it. But she is going to smoke past me <laughs> like checked, a like flash. Five k's into this bike, mate. I'm fully aware of that and I'm fully prepared for it. It'll be interesting to see the You'll entourage. You'll just see John riding, there'll just be a tear going down. Yeah, <laughs> and he'll blame the wind. It'll be the, I'll see the entourage go past. It'll be, uh, I'll be interested to see how it goes. So challenge right two weeks in the swim. She's not going to take five minutes out of me in the swim. I'll give you $5 million okay, if she you, passes you me in the swim. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Super League seems to be having another race, John. Yes, it looks like they're going to Dubai in October. Now, what so. if they'll get some kind of field? I would imagine because it's October, good timing. Okay. You know, with some of those races that try to drag it out to November, December, the pros are really on holiday by that stage. But, but again, they're doing really well with the timing here. The first race they got it. I think it was in between the first two gap, rounds, yeah. and and it moved on perfectly to the next race that was going to the World Championship yeah, Series in uh, in uh, Gold Coast, and this one October the grand finale is in Rotterdam in September, it'll be mid late September. So I'd imagine this is going to be one to two weeks after that. So whilst the, the athletes might have been on a holiday for a week or so, they'll still be hopefully pretty fired up. So, yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing what format they come up with, if they keep it the same as before or they just tweak it slightly. Obviously, it's going to be, you know, wherever they go, it's only a short circuit on the bike, so a lot of the time they're not going to have a hill. But uh, I really liked how they did that hill climb on the first day this year. Well, it was the only, it was the only triathlon I've watched this year other than a few little Ironmans here or there. And I'll definitely watch the second one. Mm. You know, it was definitely like, yeah, this is interesting to watch. So good on them. And let's continue on, Macker and the team. John, just the, the Nike breaking two. Did you watch it? I watched. I, I got the start time wrong. And I just went on Facebook and then saw it streaming live. And they had about 15 minutes to go, 20 minutes to go. And at that stage, the kind of knew it was it was pretty much all over. But uh, yeah, it was it was an intriguing watch. I did what it did. I did watch it for that 20 minutes. Got to say, it is. it was a bit like watching paint dry. You know what? I watched pretty much the whole thing because mm. they sent me a text. I was out on a run. I went for a long run Friday. Had a really good long run Friday. Had a terrible run on Saturday. <laughs> I was just tired. So it was, when, you know when you, you've got to do a time mm. and you just think to yourself, just do the time and my legs were not feeling it so I kind of got through that run and I, I'd signed up for some list where they sent you a text when it started Right. so then when I got home about 20 minutes into it and um, and I actually watched the whole thing they, they actually did a pretty good job of keeping you entertained there was a, obviously there was a few ads in there and there's a few kind of clips about how they'd gone about doing it and the commentators I felt were pretty good hmm. um, I'm, so 
it was it could have been a total disaster for them because two Absolutely. guys fell out straight away pretty much yeah. you know one of them right from the start you just thought well he's not going to do it you know, <laughs> he, he looked like he'd bloody a peasant and then one of the other guys the guy who's a half marathon record holder yeah he kind of just you could tell about halfway through it i think he fell off the pace so then as kipcho was the guy who yeah I think yeah, so. yeah yeah so he um Jeez, he was impressive. Mm. Oh, absolutely. He was bloody impressive. But, and, and, you know, up until about maybe five mile to go, he was mm. still in, you mm. know. And at that moment, you're thinking, shit, he's going to do it. And then it just started to fade. You kind of, I think with those things, you've got to be a little bit under. Yeah. You know, um, to give you in, yeah. in a race. 22 seconds is a lot, you know. Yeah. If, if this was the end of a mar- marathon, an Ironman marathon, and you're going, he's got to run 20 seconds quicker, you could go, you can do that. Yeah. But, in a marathon. Yeah, you're going, you've got to be under. In uh, a normal marathons, what they, they often do is they do get quicker at the end, but that's when it's a race and they're not running at such a high speed uh, all the way along. Yeah. So, yeah. It was a pity the other two guys didn't hold on because I wonder if a bit of competition may have pulled that last five mile through. But um, two things I felt they got wrong is they didn't have a crowd. And, and I actually think crowd your crowds do mm-hmm. lift people. I'm not quite sure why they didn't have a crowd. Like there was a bit of a crowd on the home stretch. Mm-hmm. But if they'd opened it up to anyone and filled the track up with people and had hype and stuff, <clears throat> I think that might have been worth 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. You know, like crowd is something. When I was watching it, I really wanted him to do it. Mm-hmm. But then afterwards, I'm glad he didn't. <laughs> yeah. um, and the reason is it wasn't a world record. Mm. You know what I mean? And... The car was a draft, and there's some really good I, – I, I kind of emailed Swanee, and I said, what do you think? And he said, uh, well, the car – he sent me some articles, and the car really was a good draft. Mm. Obviously, obviously, they had the drafting. They couldn't pick up the drinks off the table, all those little things that helped. Now, that was the point of doing this, was to see if it was possible, but it would have diminished when we get there. So, mm. you know, it took a little bit – if someone had got there, to, you know, if he'd done it, people would have gone, a man's gone up two hours. Mm. And it's not the same. And so I did think it was quite a cool spectacle. And deep down in the moment, I wanted to do it because I really liked the guy. But after the fact, I was kind of like, you know what? I'm glad they didn't do it. But, mm. you know, I think, um, who are the guys who science of running? Yeah, Ross the, Tucker and that. Yeah, so they're saying, they still think it's 40, 50 years away. Yeah. You know? So if you didn't watch it, they actually had pacemakers running in an arrow formation in front and of the And a transition. Run. So each lap was about three miles or something. Yeah, something like that. Or, yeah, maybe a little more than that. And uh, yeah, and it was a little arrow. And each lap, they transitioned the pacemakers out. Mm. Yeah, and they did a pretty good job because yeah. anyone could have tripped. They were, they were quite close. Mm. And in the car, so they had a Tesla at the front and I was putting a laser on the road and the Tesla just stayed at the pace the whole time. All right. Yeah, so, if, you know, that was basically, that, that's how you knew he'd lost it because the Tesla got too far ahead of him. Right. Mm. So was, yeah. That was the only thing that, uh, the pacemaking and stuff, I know the running purists don't like that and the handing off the, the drinks and stuff. That doesn't really bother me, but the car—that was the one thing. I was like, "Oh, that's a bit shit." Out, yeah. a bit too close. It's a, and it was it, the, the timer was a windbreak, and it's you know at the speed that they're going, it's a bigger advantage than it is for say us plebs that are maybe running yeah. four, five, six minute k's. When you're running sub threes, well, two fifty bigger advantage. You know, it's really, where they're at. Um, so yeah, it was fun watch, but um, mm, no, yeah, some, some time away by the sounds of it. Impressive stuff. We'll be interested to see what he does. Has this been good for his training? One thing just about the shoes, so the shoes Nike, this was all about, you know, you know, in this last few period of time, it's all been about minimalist shoes and stuff. And what was really interesting, now this might be PR, yeah. but they're saying, what the, they went to the runners and said, what do you want? And, and the runners actually said to them, people think we want flat shoes. We don't want flat shoes. We want cushioning, but we just want light shoes. Mm. And so if you look at the shoes that Nike have invented, they've got this kind of, um, 
what is it, carbon fibre, which kind of acts as your plantar fascia, so it's got this kind of absorption kind of aspect to it. But also, it's actually quite a thick sole, and but they're so light, and it's really interesting, because I know for myself, as an ageing runner, I want cushioning. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Now, <laughs> if I can get light cushioning, that's something I really want, but people who go light, you know, barefoot, I'm like, oh, my, my body wants that cushioning, so interesting stuff. Anyway, coming up this weekend, John. I just saw this new, a new Iron Distance race, tryfortworth.com. It's in Texas, and uh, look like they're doing a good job. And what was co- kind of cool, they've got the, the mayor on the front page uh, doing a speech, and she's actually, uh, they had a race there for the, like, a bunch of years, some, the mayor's triathlon or something like that. Oh, so okay. it's great to see some leadership actually getting in behind and, and making it happen. So it's a half-distance race. Looks a like a, distance it's a good race. website at least. It looks yeah. pretty awesome. So and I also thought I wonder how much it is to enter and that's always a you know a point of difference. I looked uh, at the entry fee was four hundred eighty five dollars compared to some Ironmans are sort of in the seven to eight hundred dollar range, so quite a bit cheaper than a than an Iron Distance race. And when I was actually doing that, I went onto Ironman.com and thought right, let's find a North American race just so I can compare prices. Clicked on Ironman Wisconsin and Ironman Wisconsin sold out, which oh, well. is um, good on them. Yeah. I think it's this. We, we sometimes we're the, the the doom and gloom merchants over here, saying no races are selling out other than you know Rose and Frankfurt. Um, so it's good to see there's still some races in North America that are really popular and selling out so far in advance. Because Wisconsin's so, August, isn't it? Uh, September. It's the one that's time. just before Kona, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So good on Ironman Wisconsin. John's ITU update. Yes, so we're always talking about the different um, changing nature of racing at all distances and this weekend they had the Chengdu ITU World Cup and what they do with this race, and they have done it in the past in uh, Tisavarius in Hungary, they do heats and finals which is kind of cool. Well, they actually call them semi-finals and finals. And so how many are in the final? They had 30, I don't know in the girls, on the guys they had 30 and um, I th- they may have had the same number in the girls but in the boys I looked at the numbers, they had uh, three heats or semi-finals as they called them with around about 22-ish in each race and then they trimmed that down to 30 going through to the final and the heats were done over a sprint distance race and then the final was a short sharp smack it, uh, so a 400 metre swim, 10k bike and 2.5k runs so good to see they're changing the format it did come down ultimately to a running race and it was actually one of the young fellas from Australia the Aussies are coming people look out for the young Aussies coming guy Matt Hauser took it out and he was one of the youngsters that was racing in the Super League you know and he was, was he the guy who did really well uh, no, that was Jake Burt. He, he was impressive. But if we remember to the Super League, there was a Kiwi and an Aussie that yep. were both under 23s and they were wearing white uniforms. They were the only ones to have the different ones. And he was the Aussie uh, okay. wearing that. So good on him. Next round is coming up this so weekend. Who won the girls? Uh, on the girls, non Stanford took out the girls. Okay. So look out for her. If she, I think, if she can stay injury free, is going to take some beating okay. uh, next round is coming up this weekend in Yokohama Olympic distance uh, should be a good race on the boys you've got uh, Mola versus Brownlee versus Gomez no Murray racing typically at this race it does come down to the run especially when you haven't got you know both Brownleys spanking out the, the, the lead group and then we're going to see Andrea Hewitt take three in a row yes Come on, go for the hat trick. This time around she is going to have to deal with a couple more of the Poms non-Stanford's racing as is Vicky Holland. So it'll be pretty bloody impressive if she can do three in a row. Come on, Andrew. Come on, come on. Okay, John, sponsor. No, by the way, there's no what the hell is going on this week. So everybody's behaving themselves. Everyone's, you're happy this week, yeah. are you? It's I'm good in a happy know. place. Yep. Even happier, feel uh, extreme endurance, new product out. 
Fuel 5, we've talked about this before, it's their their sports energy drink. They've come out with Fuel 5 Plus. Oh, and next the, level. The Plus because they've added some caffeine in there. It's a cutting edge energy and carbohydrate formula made up of five different sources of fuel plus caffeine. And it's got uh, 90 milligrams of caffeine in one serving, so two scoops of that. Four different types of carbohydrates and lactate and their proprietary blend of organic sweet potato, maltodextrin, dextrose, lactate and sucrose is designed to give the body its preferred substrate uh, to promote glycogen synthesis and also contains caffeine derived from natural green tea to help increase focus and performance. I am all in for caffeine use and uh, in both training and racing. So we were doing a, a long ride on Sunday, 155Ks um, with three one-hour blocks of you know, pretty solid Ironman effort. The Holy Hammer, the Philinator and Tyron. So mm. uh, we had the little group hammer away. Started at 5.30, pitch black. Sunday. Mm. It's a bit cold Sunday, wasn't it? It wasn't too bad, but it was pitch black. The forecast was good. Riding along, we're just about we're 25 minutes in, and then it starts bloody drizzling, and you're sort of going along, pitch black, it's drizzling, going, it's going to stop, it's going to stop, it's going to stop, and you're just riding for an hour, and <laughs> or about 45 minutes of just shitty drizzle, it's pitch black, and uh, yeah, we, we weren't in our happy place. But anyway, going through that ride, you know, Towards the end, when I come out from my last rep, I take a, a no-dose, which has got 100 milligrams of uh, caffeine in it, and uh, it gives you such a good boost. You know, about 30 minutes in, by that stage, alertness levels had come up um, significantly, so I'm all in for Fuel 5 uh, plus caffeine in there. So you wouldn't want to be taking that through every single ride, but you'd strategically take it, you know, if, if you're going through an iron distance ride, you might think, right, I'm going to have uh, one bottle late in the ride, and maybe if you take that, or, or early in the ride, early-ish in the ride, and then I'll take some powder to make up another one for, for later in the ride, so check it out, new product from xendurance.com, and remember the promo code IMTALK20. Okay, John, but last week's discussion was uh, where do you feel the future of long course racing in triathlon is? John was inspired to have this discussion because the races like the one and there's a link to Statesman Triathlon. Slateman. Slateman, sorry, uh, which had sold out for the fifth successive year and it was kind of a an adventure triathlon race. And so we're kind of just saying it does seem like there's a there's a moment right now, isn't there? It's getting our DeLoreans. It's getting our DeLoreans going <laughs> into the future. It's, into it's the back to the future too. Yeah. Yep. I suppose they were going back. We're going forward, yeah. aren't we? Yeah, but back to the future too. That's what I did. Did it? Yeah. Yeah, remember? I, I have watched them all. Was there four or three of them? Three. Three. Yeah. You know, not many movies that get to fourth, is there? Police Academy, maybe they got oh. about ten. <laughs> <laughs> Police Academy. <laughs> I used to love Police Academy when I was a kid. <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop, that made three, didn't it? Yeah, Beverly Hills Cop. Nowadays, before the Marvels and stuff, yeah. you know, but back in the day, but nowadays they, they're they actually better at getting better. Back in the day, it was oh, a diminishing it. experience. Absolutely. Okay, so John Hancock Scott, I really enjoyed Babbitt's interview with Mecca. Um, I was expecting it to be the same old tired stuff from promoting Super League, but they had a great conversation about lifestyle athletes who swim and bike and run every day, and those... Last, whose last triathlon was in the 1990s. I think we're entering a new phase where we had a couple of generations of triathletes who have been close to it for the 20s, 30s and 40s for a good stretch and just love the lifestyle and the fancy, a bit of variety. Personally, I think it's inevitable that everyone should come to swim run. <laughs> there you go. I, yeah, I'll go and swim run a moment. Craig Petrie actually said his uh, slate man was... Uh, some, somebody's... Uh, 
just popped up a question in front of me. Slate Man was my first ever triathlon, proper tough course, but classic Wales. Sorry not for answering the question, but he was saying it was a great, great old school. Brody, you just got the future of long course triathlon and still in triathlon, a traditional triathlon format as opposed to swim, run, aquabike or duathlon. But I think with half distance races popping up everywhere, that there's a full race will... Uh, that there's a full distance race where people will decide to do that instead of making a commitment to a half a full iron distance race. Also, in regards to what we were talking about with Ironman Australia, I think the best race is Ironman New Zealand. No Ironman races have great timing throughout the year, and it's let's be honest, we claim anything worth claiming of New Zealand's anyway. So there exactly, you go. bloody Australians. Pavlov is ours. Yep, and Neil Finn. Yeah, <laughs> how tall? He says scenic. Long distance races that don't try to bleed you dry for every penny. Christine, the grinder McKinley's got, I think the people who have raced a few Ironmans, been in the sport for a while and want more of adventure racing challenges, uh, back to the grassroots feel of the sport, will head to doing these events, these kind of unique races. But I still think that the lure of MDOT, anything is possible mantra appeals to the first timers and dare I say it, those with no previous triathlon experience coming off the couch keen to tick an official Ironman off the list. Jeremy Remini would like to see multi-stage racing with a mix of on and off-road, maybe even surf and river swimming to find the most skillful triathletes out there. For Whitehead, as a race, a race organiser myself, the biggest challenge is, to, is managing the expectations from the athletes of an Ironman or Challenge race at much reduced cost. You must have a GPS, a, a USP and... Unique selling yep, point. Uh, ...and deliver it. We are in year two, but we are seeing many long course events fall by the wayside in the UK in recent years. His and race is the Lakesman Triathlon, which is lakes... Lake, uh, the Lakesman.com. Yep. And that's up in the northern part of England in the Lake District, which I actually used to live for a little period. Oh, there you go. So... I think that's covered most of them, haven't it, Bevan? Yeah. Very good. Uh, Joseph Mulhall, last one. In the UK, the results Brownlee gets could significantly could be significant in, in increasing participation. I agree with that. If he smokes it over iron distance, BBC will be picking up on that, that and uh, success will bring more people to the long distance racing. Right. John, you shoot your thoughts. We've got an, inter we've got an interesting post comment here about... Um, Matt, what Matt Leodo said about Brownlee. Yes, right. So I think that there's still got to be a bit, there's going to be st still some amalgamation of races and we're seeing lots of new races that are popping up, iron distance races, and I think that's going to start to, to shrink back down unless they've got a really significant point of difference. Uh, I agree with what uh, the old grinder said, that Ironman will very much own the newbies market because if people get into it, they want the razzmatazz by and large, at their first event, and that's completely understandable. Uh, I would like to, and and I think this is just starting to happen, seeing different formats starting to appear that are going to appeal to those that have done a number of races, and by that I mean challenging courses, so a bit like this, um, the Slate Man that we've got on there, a bit like the the race in Australia, how you've got the the um, the one that goes up Mount Kosciuskus, uh, and then we've got this whole bunch of extreme ones, you know, it's like Norse Man. The one area that I think could be quite cool to see develop and I don't know if it will or not is having the different 
formats like the Triple T, that really appeals to me. Perhaps more so doing it on one day rather than having three days of racing. For a lot of people these days, and you know, you all know that I hate the busy word, but taking three days out can sometimes be a bit much. But I would love to be able to see, you know, you know, how many triathlons could you do in eight hours or something like that. There are some events out there I know that, that do sort of smaller versions of that, but in terms of just changing up the format or changing the order around somehow or doing it as a team or something like that, but I think that's going to appeal to the to the hardcore rather than just doing Ironman racing, same mm. stuff every year. Uh, also the scenic races I think is going to become more and more popular. And one thing that I hope is we just start to get some affordability back into the sport because I just when I look at the entry fees and stuff of races these days, I'm just thinking that's got to be a turn-off for so many people going, what? i got to spend a 1000 bucks on that race, 500 500 500 and all of a sudden you spend a few thousand dollars on entry fees alone. So I just hope that there's enough race directors and clubs out there that are still going to put on the grassroots races. So I fully appreciate the whole experience from going to the cool races and that's great. But I just hope and that we see enough race directors out there still putting on grassroots club races and people actually go back to enjoying racing and just being out there rather than having to have the, the preloading party, the post party, everything put on and, and one marshal on a corner instead of 15 marshals with 5 million cones. So hopefully we head back in that direction. I think the bigger issue is the, the death of clubs. That's across all sports. Though, no, no, it? but I think that's the big issue mm. because, <clears throat> you know, really most people who are going to try to put on a race nowadays are going to try to do it for profit. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to try bring a triathlon in, you you want to make money, you know, mm. like it's going to be the main reason to make money. And so is, who was it who's doing Lakesman? Um, you know, his, who was saying, you, what was his name? Phil Whitehead. It's Phil Whitehead was <laughs> saying. We gave him the great nickname. What was it? Because we thought he worked at the shitter plant and he <laughs> put the typo on there. The big, the big brown, I think it was. That's the big, right. the big that's brown. Cool. <laughs> that's cold. Um, but, you know, they want to make money. And fair yeah. enough. You know, you're going to put time and energy into something. You want to make money. And so you've got to either go with a big brand, so like a challenge, like an Ironman, or you've got to do something unique. That's, that's a premium product that people are going to go, you know what, this is a crazy adventure. I'm going to pay a thousand bucks. You know, so that's it. Where those small races traditionally were put on was your local club. Mm. Your local club would put on five, ten races a year. A mix of races, a mix of variety. They were pretty low-key. It was really community building, you know, mm -hmm. but because clubs are fading away, and at the same time, they weren't looking to make a lot of money. If anything, it was just a service for the club. So it would be you pay 70 bucks to do this weekend's race. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and everyone was pretty happy to pay that 70 bucks. They didn't expect a lot with it other than a race. Whereas now, you know, you go into this ex expectation of this service and this experience and what Time, am I going to get? Timing and, chips and Yeah, all yeah. Stuff. And it's like, actually, one of the problems is how do we build bigger clubs? How do we bring clubs up? And actually, I do an interview a lady, I can't remember her name, but John and I are trying to preload interviews because we're going to be away a lot over the next period. And I interviewed this lady in, who wrote, oh, terrible, I don't remember it off the top of my head, but... Um, it was a woman's perspective on triathlon. And, well, they bought a women's club in some part of America and it's got like 800 members. Hmm. And it's and it's like the size of Christchurch. Hmm. Like it's not a big city and it's massively successful. And it's a really good insight in how they did that because that is the problem to me. It's that if we can get clubs back and we can all support our clubs and actually go back to that sense of community around club, then the smaller, more fun events would actually probably happen more. Absolutely. So that's my thoughts, John.
There you go. This week's discussion. Is this a good one or not? Yeah, why not? Why not? Okay, hypothetically. Well, no, it's not hypothetically on the guy's side of things. You put, Are you meaning just a one-on-one? No, I mean... Meno and Meno? So we've got Brownlee, Gomez and Fredino lining up at an iron distance race. I don't know whether to make it Hawaii or not because Hawaii, I think, throws the throws another chink into it in terms of whether Brownlee or somebody could uh, handle the, the conditions. Because we just not. don't know yet. Yes, but let's just say it's an Ironman. Maybe not Kona. Let's just say it's an Ironman race. And yeah, Brownlee Rote. versus... Rote. We'll, we'll, say, we'll say Rote. Okay. okay, so Brownlee, Gomez and Fredino line up and Rote. There are other people on the start line as well. Who's going to take it out? Okay. So and you then, know what Fredino can do, but you don't know what the other can do. And But on the, and the girls' side of things, Chrissy versus Reith. Chrissy at her peak. Chrissy at her peak. Reef at her peak. And we're year. saying all of them at their peak. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a good question. Yes. Okay, we'll talk about it next week. John, three, two, one. Stats-tastic. It's, it's fantastic. fantastic. The longest standing record in Ironman Triathlon Championships history, this is Kona, is Mark Allen's two hours, 40 and four seconds marathon set in 1989. Now that has been beaten last that year. That was beaten last year. What so did he the, do? The, uh, 239 was Patrick Lang. So I get all these stats from, there was one article that was produced in 2003 or something. So a lot of them are now out of date, but that one clearly isn't because the record only got beaten then. That was bloody impressive. Well, and the thing that Dave Scott always says is back in those days, they counted the transition as the run. Mm. So you, it was it was obviously a sub-240. Yeah, it was it was incredible. Just shoulder to shoulder. And we're, I, I am we're lining up Dave Scott at some stage to come on and do the Legends show. And I know we haven't produced many Legends shows this year and it's really pissing me off. Second half of the year, I'm determined to make sure we get back into our monthly routine. Mm. But um, we're going to get Dave Scott on at some stage and I'm not going to ask him too much about 89 because we've been there, but it was a sensational race. Oh, but the thing about that race, which was sensational, to me, there's, there's kind of th- probably four or five key moments for Ironman. And one of them was... <coughs> um, the, the Julie crawl Moss. off, yeah. Yep. Oh, no, Julie Moss was, yeah, yeah, yeah sorry, yep. Um, oh, there was the other crawl off as well with yeah, um, Ling- Wendy Ingram and yeah. Sean Welsh. Yeah, so that, that was a significant moment. The article in Sports Illustrated, mm-hmm. there was a big, big moment for those who don't know much about it. Go, go listen to Legends. Uh, and, and this here, this race, 89 was a significant moment because you also had the Dick and Rick, Rick Hoyt story. So that year. Is that 89 as well? Yeah, it? yeah. Right. So the video that year is phenomenal. Mm. You know, um, I'm pretty sure it was 89. I almost guarantee it because I, I think 89 is the one that I put on YouTube when YouTube first came up. Yeah. Um, but the cool thing about because we've had now we've had closer races like Maka and Raylert. That was should have been that. That, that doesn't, get, doesn't, that doesn't get enough attention. That oh, was awesome. That was an awesome race. Yeah. Because Maka was stupid, went out crazy. Raylert chased him down. Then Maka, it was such a great race, and it was actually closer then. But the thing about the Allen race was the history of it going into it was so phenomenal because Allen was just a rock star, mm. won everything, and just couldn't get Kona. Exactly. Every year, like six years in a row, he just couldn't make it work, and then, you know. The year he broke it, you know, shoulder to shoulder was pretty special. It'd be like Fredino these days, going everywhere but not being able to win Kona. Yeah. Yeah, he crashed and for six years. Yeah. You know, like, pretty special stuff. Okay, John, I'm going to put some music on.
Scribber of the week. week. Okay, I hope you are all well, mate. Yes. This, this is from, oh, I'll do this one out because you've got another one coming up, I think, that uh, you can go to. This is Ben Popeye Moore, who was over on camp in France. So I haven't met Ben. Year. You haven't met Ben, but he also was sent us through the picture in Iron Man Wales wearing the I Am Talk oh, kit. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he made it onto the coverage at Iron Man right, Wales yep, yep, as well. Yep, I know, Ben. So we had Iron Man Australia at the weekend. Yes. Just a quick note to suggest an age group of the week. A really good mate of mine, Scott Conley, did Iron Man Australia at the weekend. Here's some background on him. Started triathlon in 2008 with no cycling or running background and hardly able to swim. No kidding. First race. Wore his wetsuit the wrong way around for the whole swim at his first try at the New South Wales Club Sprint Championships. Finished 507th overall. The Aussies are good, but I still think that's a, 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 probably a fair way down the field. Yep. Gradually built up his skills, fitness and race experience over the past 10 years. Has done about 10 Ironman races with some impressive times over the last few years. On Sunday, he swam 58 minutes and then he eventually caught up the main age group pack at about 155k on the bike. He biked 503 and anyone who's ridden that course over on there on those crappy roads knows that that is proper cycling and ran 315 for a nine hour 21 finish Scott finished 14th overall and fourth in the 30 to 34 age group 90 seconds behind third and two minutes behind second one slot rolled down on Monday so he's going to Kona oh good stuff to say I'm stoked for Scott is a massive understatement he's a genuinely top bloke someone who's always had a positive word to say about people and any situation he's a full-time physical therapist and is engaged to be married so doesn't fall into the category of professional age grouper he also had some family challenges recently with his mum passing away in January after a long battle with cancer so I hope you can read this out anyone that knows Scott will be happy for him aloha Scotty aloha and we'll see you there Oh, no, 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 no. next year, aren't we? We'll be seeing you on the screens. That's right. We'll, we'll, we'll watch you. There you go. So, it's a big achievement. Oh, especially when it's taken, you come from no background. Yeah, it's nine years. Nine or ten years to get there. And uh, you go out there, you pull out a fantastic race. And you, I suppose you, your heart is thinking, you'd be going, oh, man, I kicked some ass out there. I'm really stoked with my performance. But shit, yeah. I'm fourth. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, thankfully. I rolled down on out. the Monday, so don't do it straight away there. Uh, it was a Sunday race. It's not a sad day. Oh, okay. Sunday race. Okay. Yep. So, well done. Scott Connolly, you are our age, age group of the, of the week. week. Okay, John, three to one. Coaches, Coaches Corner. Corner. Slash workout of the week. 20-minute TT tips on the bike. Yes, last week I did a 20-minute time trial, so I thought that's going to be the workout of the week this week. And I thought at the same time, I had another guy in there doing it with me, uh, and I thought this would be a good opportunity to try to share what I go through going a 20-minute time trial to try to get the most out of my fitness on the day. So, first thing, the, the preamble. The Holy Hammer taught me the, the preamble. Okay. Uh, What's the preamble, John? Just sort of leading into this okay. topic, just yeah. sort of get, get a feel for, for where we're at. If you're looking to set your power zones, um, just and getting a good reflection of where you're at, just going, right, I'm going to go to a 20-minute time trial. Uh, if you're just sort of in a pretty low place with your fitness, probably isn't going to give you a really good indication of where you're at. So what I'd suggest you do if you're thinking, right, I want to go and get some power numbers. So this is probably only really applicable for people that are trying to, to get some zones and, and, and benchmark using power. I would suggest you go and do, as a bit of a warm-up before you go and do your 20-minute time trial, maybe in the 5 to 10 days before that, just do a little bit of testing. Maybe do an 8-minute time trial um, just to get a feel for where you're at. So when you go into the 20 minutes, you actually 
got a bit of a target rather than just going in there and going hell for leather and potentially blowing up. Yeah. One thing I would say is in Trainer Road, they have an eight-minute time trial in there. But what it is, it's actually two eight-minute time trials. And if I can normally get people to do that, I say do the first one at a pretty controlled effort, so you know maybe like Olympic distance race effort, and then really look to spank the second one. And uh, and then say say for example, you're able to sustain, you know, 200 watts for your second eight minutes. Then you go, okay, I can do that for eight minutes. Going into a 20 minute, maybe I'll sort of target maybe 185 or something like that to start with. So you've got a bit of a, a place to begin from, but you've got to plan your session to make sure you give yourself the best opportunity for success. What is your objective? You know, what are you trying to achieve from doing this 20-minute time trial? Are you trying to go out there and actually set a personal best if you've got some, some past test results? Are you just trying to get a bit of a benchmark for where your fitness is at? Or in my case, and I'll go into that in a bit more, are you just looking to go on there and do some mental conditioning and really try to beat yourself up and, and get yourself into race mode? Say you might have a race coming up. So uh, also... You don't want to be going into a time trial um, being tired, so you'd want to have one or two days before that where you're doing pretty aerobic work, so you can be pretty fired up and not getting on the bike with sore legs. Uh, and think about better days of the week to do it. You know, If you do it at the end of a day, after a massive big day at work, and mentally you're a bit tired and a bit smoked, you're probably not going to get the best out of yourself. Equally, you know, I do a really early trainer session on Saturday, so I start at um, sort of about 5.15 in the morning, Man, it takes me a little while to, to, to get kick-started. So doing them a really early morning one, unless you're going to heavily um, caffeinate yourself or, or do a really extended warm-up, you probably might not get the most out of yourself either. And then also thinking about your nutrition and what you're going to do leading in. You don't want to be really full before you're doing a time trial, but you want to make sure you know, you've know you had some, some carbs leading in and you've got enough um, fuel in the system so you know, you're not going to bonk or blow up or anything because of a nutritional... Um, you know, lull. Yep. And then think about your environment. You know, these 20 minute time trial, you're going to do in the garage or wherever you might do it. Obviously, you can go out and do, you know, a similar sort of effort on the road, but for this example, we'll pretend you're going to be inside. So, you know, what sort of environment do you want to create to get the most out of yourself? Last week, I had another fella in there doing um, Paul. You know, you've met Paul Howes from Christchurch. Yep. He was in there doing it with me. And having someone else there, actually helped me and him and that was kind of the purpose of us of us doing it together he hadn't done one before and I said come along and we'll do it together and uh, and I think he probably got a nice lift out of it and I did as well just knowing there's someone else there suffering as well so it might be you might try to get a couple of guys together and uh, and all do it together and you can suffer together and hopefully that'll give you that extra you know one or two percent Bevan you love your music you know mm. so not just thinking about having a playlist but actually think about your playlist ultimate playlist have the ultimate playlist. Yeah, I always think the next song's my next favourite song. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's not just hey, I like the next song. It's like, oh my god, I love this song as well. But you got twenty minutes, so you might want to have a, a you know a playlist that gets progressively more pumping. The you know, first one's got a bit of a rhythm to it, and then the last one, you know, if you're into headbanging stuff, that's when you've really got to just go ballistic. You know I had an interesting one from music last week. So on a Wednesday, I'm doing hill repeats right now, mm. and I'm not really pushing hard. I'm just trying to get a bit of strength in, good technique and stuff. And last week I did it and I listened to a podcast because one of my favorite podcasts came up. And mm -hmm. so I thought, oh, I really want to listen to this. I thought I'll do it. And I pushed the, hard. The John Newsom show? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the John Newsom show. And uh, Dan, Dan Carlin, he does a political one. I really love him. But anyway, um, so anyway, so I, I was doing it and I pushed really hard. Mm -hmm. Looked at my stats. The week before I used music, mm -hmm. effort-wise, I would have said I ran way faster. Mm -hmm. I, was, I was about five seconds, 10 seconds, a case lower. 
Absolutely. You know, no, it definitely works for me. Definitely works to get you going faster. So think about that, thinking what song do I want to start with, what song do I want to finish with, and have that playlist ready to go so it's going to last you that 20 minutes or um, just over. And then think about what visuals you want to have. So whether you want to have your laptop in front of you and whether you find it really motivational to have a bike race, you know, you might have a 20-minute section of people racing in Tour de France going uphill or it might be Kona or it might just be a picture. If you've got a really strong motivator at the moment, whether it's be to qualify for Kona or get to Kona or, or do Ironman Frankfurt or whatever it might be, you, know, you might want to slap that picture in front of you and just every time you look up you see that and it might give you that, you know, that little bit of a boost. So environment's really important. When it comes to doing the test, as I've said earlier, you know, have a, some, a realistic game plan based off past results and also hopefully a few little uh, test sessions prior to, to doing your main 20 minute effort and it's better in these time trials to have a, a slightly progressive build rather than to go out super aggressively and blow up. It does depend a bit what your objective is from the session, you know if you're prepared to go out there and say I'm going at XYZ watts and if I blow I blow um, but usually to get the best result is just to start a little bit conservative and uh, and then just try to maintain that all the way through and if you do go a little bit too easy in the first sort of five minutes or so you will be able to pull that back in the, in the second half. If it's a ridiculously easy, say you started at 150 watts and then the last five minutes you're able to hold 250 then you're not going to get the best result but if you've got a bit of experience, done a bit of testing, hopefully you'll have a ballpark idea of what you're capable of doing. Key thing is your rate of perceived effort should not be through the roof in the first five minutes. If you're puffing and panting and labouring heavily in the first five minutes chances are it's probably going to get pretty pretty ugly later on so make sure that first five minutes good firm effort but you're not puffing and panting too heavily. Um, tips to actually get through the test and this is why doing you know really key sessions like this is, is uh, helpful for your racing break it down and try to stay in the moment and then that sort of stuff you then transfer across to the race uh, later on further down the track. So how I do it in my head is I break it down to first five minutes, when I'm going through that first five minutes, all I'm thinking is about my average power output the first five minutes and give myself a little virtual high five when I get there and then all I'm thinking about is getting to 10 minutes, so the next five minute block trying to maintain what I've done, assess the situation, if I think I can get a little more, more out of myself I'll pick it up slightly then I break it, start breaking it down to smaller blocks. So I go 12 minute 30 and then 15 minutes. So they're just sort of thinking two and a half minutes at a time. And then the last five minutes is just one, basically trying to treat it as one minute intervals and just literally staying one minute at a time. Have some technique tips. Sometimes I get athletes to write down a few tips on a piece of paper and just have it sitting next to them on the trainer. So thinking things like just trying to keep your spine a little bit straight, keeping your hips nice and even rather than rocking from side to side, keeping nice smooth pedal strokes and then starting to think about what your cadence might do later on if you're typically someone whose cadence drops away at the end. Have that written down. And the final thing I'd say in terms of getting through the test is most tests like whether you use Trainer Road or Perf Pro or whatever it might be, they're typically one hour long. I find that I need uh, usually an extra 15 or 20 minutes warm up before actually starting their test session. So I'll do 15, 20 minutes easy and then actually start their workouts which do have a progressive build up. So I did my time trial last week, uh, my previous best was 335 watts which I did um, pre-Kona um, but that was on a different device and a different 
bike. Uh, so my objective with my time trial last week was m- not necessarily going after a personal best because I'm not quite in that same shape, but it was more to give my ass a good kicking and get myself into sort of race mode. I've got the 70.3 coming up and really just do a good hard session for my head. Uh, my plan was I wanted to shoot for 315 watts for the beginning and then uh, each sort of increment, uh, see if I could lift it at all. As it turned out, I averaged 314 for the first five minutes, second half I did 319 and I averaged 316, so I was pretty happy with that. Heart rate was in the right sort of zone, around 160 with a max of 171, and uh, overall, pretty happy, pretty happy with my application. One thing, a couple of things that I want to work on is I was a bit of a soft cock in terms of uh, getting towards the end. I sort of, you really should try to stay on your aero bars all the way through, but I was starting to sit up a little bit. The power's just starting to drop, and I was sitting up, and I was just uh, mentally lost it just a little bit, and also my cadence dropped away more than I would like. So we'll have a link to my file from last week. Hopefully you guys may be going into winter focus. Now I have a few tips to help you get through that 20-minute time trial. Well, one thing, one thing I'm trying, to, one thing I work on when I get to that tough moment, like I did a long run on... Friday, I think it did 32. Do you want to come out for me for a long run Friday? How long are you going? 42. I'll do, th- I'll do sub, two and a half hours with you. Sub three. Okay. Came on. I don't know if I did 42. Yeah, it's all right. I'll do two and a half hours. What time are you going to go? Afternoon. Oh, I mean, I'm pretty flexible. Okay, yeah, no, I'm keen because I've got to do two and a half hours. Yeah. So I might as well do it with you. Um, <clears throat> well, I, I, was, I was on, I think I did four tens on Friday. There you go, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, so it was, yeah, it was a good one. But anyway, um, but one thing I've learned, you know, I love this idea of what questions can you use in your tough moments to get the best out of yourself. Mm. And a question I try to use, like I did a half, a, we do this epic course and I did it by myself last year. And, and in the last part of it, you run up this stupid, you run up Solaris and it's, yep. you know, 18Ks into it, which is what? And it would be 15%. Yeah, it's pretty full on. Yeah, if not more. <clears> and and you're 18Ks into her. And, and the run leading up to it's been a hilly run the whole time. So your legs are screwed. And the question I just use is, um, what can I do right now to stay as close to the edge as possible? You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that question worked really well for me because it's that kind of, when we get to that peak moment, we, we are going to drop away from our, our max. But we often drop away too much. Mm-hmm. And so how do we stay as close to our max as possible? And to be honest, as I was running up that hill and I'm asking myself that, literally it's just an affirmation. I'm asking how can I stay as close to my edge as possible? It's a yo-yo. I am pulling mm-hmm. back, but that question just keeps me fighting to stay as close as possible. Absolutely. And it's was, it was a good question that I use, so you may want to use that. I'll put a link to the file on me. Now John will do sponsor, and then we're going to Bevan Coach's Corner. Okay. Sponsor! Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Get all your old results up there, Tony. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, I, and I'm talking old results in there. So I had an example yesterday, Adam. He uh, he ran a park run at the weekend, yep. and he ran what did he do? 20, 21, 21 30, I nice. think it was, work, something like that, or twenty one yep. twenty. Sent him an email, said, "Good work. That's a PB from what I can see, records, and good work." Well done. It was, it was, it so was you're being the good coach, you know, give him some love. It was a grassy, grassy track, and I said, "I reckon, I reckon." Yeah, and it was apparently where they does this park run, they can't use the regular route over summer months because apparently there's people getting away. Okay. So they just do it around a field. And I said, mate, there's quite a few turns there, and it was on the grass. I reckon, I reckon you'd be 21, 20, 20 minutes thirty. Yes, uh, would be a realistic transfer across the road, and let's see if we can get you, you know, sub twenty. He thinks, and uh, he came back to me and said, well, 
Actually, if you refer back to my 1996 <laughs> file that I've got on Athlinks, that it was 1608 or something oh, like wow, that. Oh, wow, so he was an ex. So that's a pretty impressive time. But yeah. he has claimed that on Athlinks. He managed to find the results. It was some cross cut, some wow. um, running club results, and he got them up there on Athlinks. So it's legit. So if that running club disbands, as we mentioned, you know, running clubs these days, or all clubs are, are starting to struggle. He's got it down. He's found the result, and he saved it on there, and it's, it's official. It's official, so get on there, guys. If you've got any, especially with running races, a lot of the running races have been around a long time and they have got some longevity to them. You never know when they might fall over. Get those results on Athlinks. Keep them all in one place, and if the other websites do disappear, you've got your claim to fame, and you can go, back in the day, 20 years ago, I ran this fast. Is it depressing, but maybe... It is. <laughs> Although 20 years ago... I'd still like to claim my 100-metre backstroke for from... 30 years ago What do you I, reckon what, Okay what was that That was like 112 I think I did 112 and a half Something like that nice. Which is For yeah. kids swimming It's 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 reasonable But it's not It's not. Uh, what do you reckon You'll be 5k 20 years from now 5k 20 years What do you reckon now? You're at now So I think my fastest 5k Is about I don't think I've done I don't think I've gone Under 16 minutes I think I could have But I didn't do one At the time when I was In my, my peak At the moment if I train specifically for a 5K, I think I could probably get down to below 16.30. Okay. Somewhere so say 16.30. Let's so say 16.30. 20, 20 years, years from time. now. So you'll be 60. Mm. So Molina's not 60 yet, but he was way faster than me. And Hellman's, Hellman's is 60. Yeah. He's, he's, so I would say I'd be pretty pumped if... Could be under twenty minutes. Yeah, that'd that, be pretty that, good at sixty, that, wouldn't it? Six, twenty minutes, sixty. That's pretty fat, pretty fast. That's probably a bit unrealistic. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I'm probably about seventeen to seventeen and a half right now. Oh, you'd be quicker than that. Oh no, right now. If I, I have a gun to your head. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay go. That's what it takes. <laughs> have a shot compass on me on a motorbike. I'm yeah. trying. Maybe that's what I should have done with the breaking two. Yeah, <laughs> that's the twenty seconds, John. Um, Stephen King has a book. It's called The Long Walk, and it was written under the Batchman books. When he did, he released some books where it was um, not under his name to see if he could be successful without his name. And uh, it's called The Long Walk, and it's basically that. It's this, it's all these young guys from around the world. They're just walking, but if you stop twice, they shoot you. Mm. And, and, and yeah, it's, it's a really good book. So well, they should have done that marathon. There was a running running event on at the weekend that uh, it's on globally. Was it wings walk for run for wings or something like yep. that was on, and what they do with that it starts the same time everywhere in the world. Okay, and they have a a, a van that's, that starts half an hour after everybody. Oh, it's chasing people. And it's chasing people, yeah. and then you you have that one in Queenstown it. where the train chases you. Mm. Yeah, that's quite short. Like people were running up to eighty k's. Oh, one. okay, okay. If they'd done that at the weekend and said this car is going to run you over. Okay. <laughs> If you don't do it, death is the option. Breaking two it. or death. Now, I, I don't know, maybe 20, 21. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, God knows, 20 years from now. Athlinks.com, get on the get all your old results up there. Keep them with bragging rights. Put people in their place and saying, God, that's not a very fast time. And you say, wow, back in the day, that's what I could do. Okay, John. So, so this week, Bevan's doing a coach's called athlinks.com. So I got an email, John, and you're going to love this one. Good old Callum Guest sent through, and he said, quick question. You've mentioned several times on the show how you hold a weekly meeting with yourself. Monday morning. Present. <laughs> uh, would you mind further explaining what the goal of this meeting is? Do you spend a certain time each week 
doing this meeting? Uh, do you plan an agenda? So on, so on. So I like the Phil, idea. listen up. You need to get onto Phil this. Phil loves this. Phil gave me so much shit about this. So Phil, listen up. Okay, so Caleb or everyone, I do do a weekly meeting. And, and I thought I'd kind of break it down to why, how, and how do I apply it to myself daily. And the first reason is the why. So first of all, why? Well, first of all, I think your life should represent who you want to be in life. And so for me, when I look at my life, I kind of say, I, I layer my life as in who am I? And that's represented in my values. And my values are like love, honesty, freedom, growth, um, creativity, fun. You know, these are kind of, if if people were to describe me, I would want those words to be said about me. And so mm-hmm. that's who I am. And so then I, then I say, what are my passions? And my passions are people, fitness, and music. So that's what I want to be spending my time doing in life. You know, I want to be spending time help, you know, with people, um, with music, and with exercise. Those are my three passions. And then what are my goals? And and the way I look at it is that my goals should be trying to develop myself and my passions to create a greater understanding of my values. So through my goals, like through my music goals, through my fitness goals, through my people goals, um, how do I create a deeper understanding of my values? So how do I understand growth more through my running goal? Or how do I like like growth, one of my values, well, piano teaches me so much about growth that I can then take into other areas of life. So that's kind of how I try to approach life. So then when you think about that, if you were to audit your time, like it's one thing to say we are one thing, mm-hmm. but what does the actual evidence of our life show us? And so many people think they are something, but if you were to say audit your time and how... Well, are you saying audit? Yeah. Audit. So yeah. like audit your time. If you, were to, if you were to actually record your time for the last month... Mm. What does it actually show you about how you prioritize your life? And a lot of people, you know, think, oh, I want to be this in my life, but you're not putting any time into it. Mm -hmm. So if you want to be something, you're not putting any time into it, well, you're never going to be it. And so I'm very fortunate that I've done this stuff for a long time. So I have a life where very much my whole day is filled up with people, fitness and music. Like today, already I went for an hour run, then I went to the gym, I taught a class with people, fitness and music, come home and do this, and this is with John, and it's connecting people together around a passion that I have, which is exercise. I'll go and do some work on my business, which is people, fitness, you know. Mm -hmm. I've got band tonight, so my whole day is filled up around the things that I love doing. And if I audit my time, Ideally, it should be around, you know, if I, how I lay in my life. So then that whole idea of what are you actually doing? And so if you were to reflect upon yourself in your life and you were to say, okay, well, who am I? Because ideally, like, I love the idea of wisdom. I love the idea of t- the version of me 10 years from now is going to be a lot wiser in the things, in my values. So I'll have a deeper understanding of love. I'll have a deeper understanding of freedom, of creativity and those things. And and my passions, I'll have a deeper understanding of my passions. And so that's, to me, that's what we should be moving towards, not the, the gripping onto youth, which I think is one of the problems we have in society nowadays. And so, you know, so then again, does my time reflect that? And then I also think the importance of, of why this is important of having my weekly meeting is, once you have an understanding of where you should be spending your time, you have a much better knowledge of where you should say yes to in your life and where you should say no to. And it's one of the problems that most of us have is that we often make choices which we say yes to that actually aren't aligned to who Gotta we want to be. No. <laughs> you, you, you really do, don't you? But not just no because I'm going to be time poor. No, because it's not the right thing for me. And a really good example for me when I was about 15 years ago, Les Mills asked me to go overseas and do a three-month work period. And everything about it was against my values and my passions. 
but I said yes anyway. Mm. And, and it was actually probably one of the hardest three months of my life. I came back a little bit depressed from it. I came back in quite a sad place from it. It took me, it damaged me because I, I was around some very negative people. So it took me six months to get over that period. And it really was just a reinforcing lesson that, no, you've got to learn, you've got to be a defender of your time. And you need to know what you're defending it against. So if I say yes to something, does that mean I'm moving away from my passions and my values? Mm -hmm. And if I am, well, that's coming at a cost to my life. So there's that aspect of it as well. And then the aspect of managing yourself. And, and what I mean by that is I want to be able to function as best as I can in my day. And that means that I need to be really good at energy management. I need to be really good at focus management. I need to be really good at productivity and those types of things and so if I've got good tools to help me do that I'm going to get to the end of the day and what I love the idea of whatever I'm doing right now how can I be 100% focused on it mm. and then once I've stopped that I can then move on to the next thing so like my days I'll think okay well I'll do two hours work after this and in that two hours work how do I make sure I nail that two hours work like I love the idea of how many minutes in your hour do you actually work like a lot of people they may only do 30 minutes of work. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, and so for me, it's the aim of, well, whatever I'm doing, how can I be 100% focused? Now, do I always get there? No, but the aim is there. And then as I transition, I, you know, so let's say I do two hours work and then I jump on my piano. Well, when I'm on my piano, I don't want to be thinking about work. Mm. I want to be thinking about how do I get the most out of my piano. So, but also energy management with that. So that's kind of the why. So how do I do it? Well, so basically then, with that understanding behind me, that's when I think, you know, I have my weekly meetings. So my weekly meetings every Monday morning. What time? Uh, normally after my class. So I normally mm -hmm. get up in the morning and then I teach a class about eight. It only takes 15, 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. But what I'm looking to do in my weekly meeting is I'm looking at my whole week. So if, if you look at my whole week, I've just got it here in front of me here. So how is this different to just having a diary? Well, it, it is a diary. But what you're thinking about is your whole life. Because I think what people prioritize is just their work. Tasks. Yeah, yeah. And so for me, it's like, okay, the management of me in this period, and does it represent my values and my goals and my passions? So right, like, right now I'm trying to do a marathon. So at the end of this, this week, as I think about planning my week, does this actually represent this is going to help me achieve my goal? Right now with my band, I'm trying to write songs. So, you know, have I got time for my piano and stuff like that? So basically my relationship. So it's not just when am I working, what am I trying to achieve? It's Bevan as a whole, how does this week fit together? And so my diary does represent the work that I need to do, but it also represents when I'm going to meditate, represents when I'm going to spend time with Joe, when I'm going to spend my piano, when I'm going to do my sport and so on. So it's a representation not just of work, it's a representation of me as a whole and when I'm doing it I'm also trying to think about what I know about myself that allows me to be successful so for me I know I'm good for about two hours work and then I turn to mustard mm -hmm. so for me if I plan my day if I plan to do a four-hour block of work I'm planning to be a failure you know like I'm, I'm just history has taught me I'm much better off to do two hours work stop meditate and then come back and do another two hours work and so for me it's that kind of if how do I set up my week that allows me to be more successful in that idea of focus and being controlled? So it is very much a diary, mm -hmm. but it's a diary that's looking at the whole based on that kind of who am I? Is this, does this week take me a step closer to an evolution of values, mm -hmm. of passions and goals? And, you know, ideally that's what that meeting's about. So then that's kind of how I sit down and do it. And when I think, you know, as I allocate the time, that's what I'm thinking about. Now there's things to think about when you think about this, the best use of time. Now there's, 
the routine things that need to happen. So, you know, all of us have aspects of our week where every week you're going to have to do this thing. So it might be, you know, each week we do iron talk. After this, I'm going to have to have, you know, an hour and a half of processing time of, of work on the show. So that work is very much just a routine-based job. But really within my week, I also want time to be able to allocate to growth and problem-solving projects. So that, you know, in, like in my business right now, we've bought and we've just developed an online product, and I want to be able to have good times that I can develop problem-solving time to that, and also time to evolve the projects that create my tomorrow even better. So if I look at my life right now, I have a business, I've got things like I am talk, I've got you know these are the things that have ticked over for a long period of time. I know the level of success. But I love this idea of... Oh, we're going places, I tell you. Oh, tell we're you. going <laughs> places. You haven't seen success where I'm talking yet. You know, I love this idea of, and I've probably talked about this on the show, it's the idea of 20% time to develop tomorrow's thing. And, you know, I think of the person who wants the passionate life but doesn't have the passionate life. And often the problem for the person who has, doesn't have the passionate life is they don't have the time to develop the passionate life. Mm-hmm. And so a part of your week should have time to do that work and so for me it's like I want to have at least one day of my week to develop on big problems that I want to solve or projects I want to create and you know when I'm in that time it's what's the main problem what's the wisest problem to solve or what's the wisest project so in the last few months it's been developing our online project and that's going now so now I'm looking at okay well, how do I even make that a bigger thing so that in my week as I think of my weekly meeting is that what are the what are the projects in that 20% time that I actually want to be hitting in that time as well? So at the end of this week, it's not just, hey, my routine things are going well. It's actually I feel I'm taking a step forward to the bigger things I want to be achieving in my life. So that's that needs to be represented in my kind of weekly meeting. And I've already talked about allocation of energy. So it's kind of, you know, how does Bevan get the most out of a day? And, you know, like today I did, I've already done an hour and a half exercise. We've got this. I've got a client after this. So I'm going to make sure I have an hour where I make lunch, meditate. And then I'll do another couple of hours of work. Then I'll play piano. Then I coach at night. And then I've got band. So it's a pretty big day. I think for, for you and I, this is probably going to be a lot easier given we're self-employed and well, we're Yeah, but the, you know, if we go back destiny. to my values, one of my values is freedom. Mm. So the freedom to have a life where I can make this choice. Mm. And that's something I've really hard on. I've, I've made a life where it's like, you know what? I want to choose my days. But for other people trying to apply this into their own lives, it's probably going to be a bit harder, but it's still not unrealistic. You well, know? Well, that's when well, I think the thing you've got to think about is how do I, what are the lessons I need to take from this to apply to my life? Hmm. You know, so if you do have a 40 hour job and you have a family, I often think we use those as excuses. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Now, maybe you wouldn't be able to do it to a level that I can do it. Like when I do public talks, one of the things I talk about is premature problems and premature problems. It's something, it's a funny thing you do when you do public talks and it's, it's really about making the audience realize the barriers they have for you as a public speaker. So one of them is premature evaluation. So premature evaluation is um, you think you know the subject, so you shut yourself off to being open to it. Mm-hmm. So you may have read a book on the subject. I start speaking about it and you think, why well, I know this? So what's mm. the point? But you, you're not thinking to yourself, I could evolve deeper into this. Mm-hmm. And one of them is premature relocation. So premature relocation is... Um, um, you know, it's not my problem, but my partner has this problem. Mm-hmm. So you see the problem, but you don't reflect upon yourself. But one of them is also that whole idea of you just don't understand me. And so what a lot of people will do is they'll go, oh, you know, you've got this life where you have freedom. Mm. Well, does that mean that if you were to evolve and actually put this time into your life, you could get better at it? And often people who have these limits don't allow themselves to evolve. Mm-hmm. And so while... Definitely I have freedom and I can make my day work around me. If you were to commit to a time in your week where you were to stop, reflect, 
plan do you think you could evolve? Exactly. You know, and that's what you want to think about. So then just lastly, um, how do I apply this daily? So for me, I, I start my day every morning. I'll get up, I do my bloody heart rate variability now. <laughs> uh, so I do, they've got a habit of doing that. But I, I read a thing called a winner's Bible, which is this document that I read, which is very much just a representation of me. Apparently for someone like you who's got a very, very low heart rate, doing it standing up every day is going to, might be better for you. Oh, really? Why? Hmm. Uh, I'll find, I'll get the answer okay. for you. <laughs> okay. Um, so one is Bible is just it's kind of a document that I've created that's very much reminds me of who I am, what my goals are, and all the rest of it. Then when I sit down to do any any next thing, so like you know after this I'll I'll sit down and I'll process the show, but I always write a list for my objective of my time. So I write a list for the day, and then I, as I do the next job or in the next thing I'm going to move on to. I, I basically have a pause moment where I go, what do I want to get out of this time? So if it's work, if it's piano, if it's when I get home from the gym, I just stop before I go inside to make sure you know, make, I want to have a good time with Joe, those types of things. And I take that moment before I start so that I can be focused. And I find that when I do that, that 60 minutes of time happens really well. When I don't do that, I'm just not as sharp. Mm-hmm. And then um, I also look for being aware of fatigue habits. So for me, if I start checking my emails a lot, that's a cl- often a sign I'm fatigued. Mm-hmm. You know, like once if I'm checking my emails five times in the hour, either I haven't got enough on my list or it's time to move on to something else, or maybe I'm getting tired and maybe it's a time to put a recharge in. And then I assess it. I write a journal every day and I assess it. Now, for me, if I do all this stuff well, I just function at a level that's, you know, I have 100% week, you know, I just nail my week, even to my training, like this morning, last week I did a 14k run, an hour run, I just wasn't that happy with it, this morning I really wanted to run 14ks under an hour, now that's not smashing it, but I just wanted to do it, got up, set my objective, as soon as I started the run I knew I was going to do it, you know, I just knew because I'd done the work before the moment, and so for me it's like, when I do this stuff, I live... Probably ninety percent of the best version of me, mm-hmm. and if I do that consistently, that means a more successful life. It's really interesting. If I don't have my weekly meeting, I have a sixty percent week. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's it's so obvious that it works for me. Now this is how I do it, and I always, I love this idea of what's your success formula. This works for me, and, and I know it's pretty anal and pretty detailed, but for you, what is your formula? And like John would have a formula that makes him work sharper. Mm-hmm. And and I love this idea of how many days can you go to bed where you've had a hundred percent day. Where it's not that you've it's that you just know you've you've delivered on your day. Mm-hmm. And to me, doing these tools mean I have a hundred percent days pretty often in my life. And the flow on effect of that's pretty massive because it means I'm more successful, I feel good about myself, I have better relationships and so on. So it's a really confidence building thing. For you, what are those things? And if you are somebody like, when I was younger, I was, I was a kind of like a 20% guy. Like I really hardly ever had great days. And for me, it's just tools that I've used and evolved into. So here's how I do it. But how do you learn? And once you've got the tools, just sticking with them. I think most people out there these days have a few time management issues. And if you can take yeah, 10 or 20% of what Bevan does and just get yourself a little better plan and around your objectives of life. Thank you, we on to a winner. Well, and, and, and lastly, ultimately, you, I think it just allows you to feel good about yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm not, not saying, but I'm happy with my life. And, you know, I still want challenges, I still want the rest of it. But when you go to bed every day going, you know what, I got the most out of that day, you're not going to be dissatisfied with a lot. Exactly. You know, and so that's ultimately, if you keep building that momentum, what's that going to mean for your life? So anyway, that's why Bevan. I have a weekly meeting and I am always present at present. it. Present. There Bevan. we go. Present. So you guys take Is Joe ever allowed into your meeting? We actually, what we do now you is we... a pre-meeting meeting? No, we have a meeting together afterwards. Right. So we have a together meeting. Yeah. yeah. And it's again just sitting about, you know, 
that kind of shit. Anyway, Jombo, um, just lastly, questions and answer. Nick Bust was the guy who took out the winger of the week last week. And he said, I pissed myself laughing listening to the winger of the week last week. Sadly, my garment must have gone completely mental as I was riding an easy commute on an unpleasant headwind. So no high speeds. So at least he was honest. So this week's winger of the week, I'll do quickly. Uh, Random.org is telling me it's number five on the Johnny list. Johnny Five is alive. Name the movie. Come on, you know I've this got one. No idea. Johnny Five is alive. Come on. No, I don't know. Short Circuit. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. See, there was Short Circuit Two, wasn't there or not? It was Short Circuit Two, but they yeah. never got to three. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it was bad. So number five is past the Shammy Cream. Oh, which is hold on. Most biking, it must be surely. It's the most biking. I'm just going to uh, traintrends.com slash Strava slash IM Talk. And I did notice we had a female performing pretty well this week when I looked at this yesterday. Right, pass the chamois cream. Pass, pass the chamois cream. Pass it, Bevan. Pass it, pass it, pass it. But don't double dip. That's what John always says. No double dipping. No double dipping. So the most bike time, guys, was Thomas Koshkian. He rode 17 hours and 16 minutes from Japan. Nice work, Thomas. John Flood was second in 14.22. And Lou DiGiuseppe. Wait a second. You got this right? Yeah. Most bike time. Past chamois cream. Most bike time. Yeah. 17 hours. Who's got second? John Flood. No, overall. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm doing the men. So I'm doing oh, the sorry. men first. Okay. Um, first in the girls was Jenna Carr-Seyfried. Second overall. 14.54. Rachel Cunningham, distant second in 9 hours and 7. And Pam Morris from New Zealand in third in 8.42. So Thomas took it out overall. Jenna Carr-Seyfried took second place. And John Flood was third. And Jenna appeared quite frequently this week. So she obviously had a big week. She was third overall in total duration. Good work. That's we good asked work. the females to pick up the game here and they've, done, they've Jenna delivered. Jenna stood up to the plate. She said, I'm stepping up my game for the females. Brian Hagen, I think this is the second time you've been mentioned as the least amount of training. I'm sure. No, I'm no, he got 33rd. So 33rd. he's gone from one to the next one. He's gone from to one to 33rd to being second place in the least amount of training. Pick up your game, Brian. <laughs> We were giving you love a couple of weeks ago, now we're giving you crap. And Aaron, the interpreter, got the highest speed of the week at 84.6 kilometres from uh, Israel. There good we work. go. Oh, good old Ezra. Okay, Jombo, uh, that's pretty much it. We're going to go... Oh, no, you've no, got, no, you got some I'll, big I'll, news. I'll save my big camps news for next week. It's going to be a big feature. Let's just say, if you want to do some challenging camps in 2019, look out. Wow, I see what you're saying. Mm. That sounds... Wow, wait, so it finishes with that. Sorry? Oh, you're going to do two camps back to back? Back to back. You're going to do two... Yeah. Walzer. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> Come on, John. You can't tease. Come on. So, let's do it. I was planning doing Epic Camps. Well, let's do next year. So next year, it's going to be a double Kona whammy. Uh, we'll be doing the Kona camp in May, so the one that I'll be departing for in a couple of weeks. Awesome week. You get to do the 70.3, get to see all the island, do the full Ironman course. We have a wicked time, and uh, it's just a good way to either finish your season if you're a Southern Hemisphere athlete or start your season if you're a Northern Hemisphere athlete. Plus, it's been a fantastic time. We'll be back in October as well. Subject to demand, if people want to come over and do the camp like we did last year, um, for the Ironman World Champs, we sort of did a ticky tour around the island. It was all abilities. Anybody can can roll along, and then you get to be in Kona in race week and get to experience all that. People had an absolute ball of a time last year. So next year is all about Kona, doing two two camps in Kona, uh, and then the year after 2019, I was planning to do an Epic Camp France in 2018. That's now got bumped to 2019. So. 
2019, you want to go to France, it's going to be awesome. We're going to do a Pyrenean camp from one end of the Pyrenees to the other. There are bike companies and stuff that do that, but we're going to be doing it with a triathlon twist and we're going to have some awesome, awesome routes to go over the famous so That'd be cars. crazy, wouldn't it? It's not crazy far. Like it'll be, a, it'll be an 11, 12 day camp, and it's not riding point to point every day. That'll be similar to what we've done previously, where you sort of ride two or three days point to point, and then stay somewhere for a couple of days, another two or three days point to point, okay. and stay somewhere. But you're doing the Tourmalet, you'll be doing the the Obese, the Marie Blanc, so all um, the great rides, all the great rides through the Pyrenees, and it's quite a bit quieter than the Alps. So it's some fantastic riding. So that will be in late July. So you, if you want to go over and do Tour de France, you could do Tour de France and then boom, straight into the camp. And then running almost straight off the back of that, I'm going to take another sort of more a light camp, a, a pre-race camp, and we're going to be doing Embraer Man. This race is awesome. Yeah. You go, uh, it's down in the Alps, and the swimmer's in a beautiful lake. You bike over the Col d'Isoire, along with a bunch of other coals. It is, a, it is the most awesomely epic bike ride. And the difference, though, with this race is the run is actually a run as opposed to stampeding up another bloody mountain the run is a run it's still not flat or anything like that but it's the most iconic race you're going to find one of the most iconic races big fields just traditional french racing and uh, tough tough bike course so if you're keen on an epic camp we're going to have that big monty there um, or if you're keen to go and see what a, a really tough race is about, be amongst a, a really cool bunch of people. What we'll be doing with that second camp is we'll probably start in Lyon or Grenoble and we'll have uh, three, maybe three days riding through the Alps, doing the Alpe d'Huez, um, Galibier, etc. And then we'll finish in Ombrum and then we'll have sort of three or four days in Ombrum before the race. So you'll get to combine some really cool riding through France and then do the most epic of races. And, and it's just so much fun doing events like that as part of a group. Oh, you yeah. sort of got, you know, we have 20, totally. 25 people. Yeah. And because uh, and, and you've built these kind of shared experiences and connections leading up to it. Mm. And then you get the race day. And so, you know, because most people, when you go to a, an iron race or long distance triathlon, yeah. you kind of might know one or two people who take some family. But when you've got a group, mm. There's always the funny stories afterwards. And that's what we're going to get in rope this year as well. So if you're interested yeah. in those camps, there's not much, there's no detail on prices or anything yet. Um, I'm just sort of working through all that. But if you're interested, get on the provisional list, get your name on there. Get on it, team. Get on it. Okay, there you go. Where do they go? Uh, epiccamp.com. Epiccamp.com. I'll put a link there in the show notes, John. Let's name the patrons. Olaf, the pipeline pusher Schweidler. We've got, <laughs> we've got James Trawler Slade. And Kai Longboard McBride. We've got Paul Sm Sm Silky Smooth Williams. And Christina steaming up the room. Armand. Back it up. Okay, John. Sponsors. Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer. And our patrons. And if you want to become a patron, go to www.imtalk.me. And it's all pretty clear on our new website, which the patrons helped us create. Jonbo, what's your gloss? What's my goss? Nice steady week of training uh, and just settling back into a group before going to Kona. So all is when you have pretty to good. Uh, in a couple of weeks. Oh, we're going to be fly by the nights at the moment, aren't I we? Know, yeah. I know, I uh, know. What else has been happening, Bevan? Uh, going to Joseph and his Technicolor Dreamcoat this oh, weekend. Oh, nice. Have you seen up. it before? I have not. Do you like theatre? Uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, I love yeah, it. I love yep. it. So... Apparently it's a bit of a sausage fest. There's not uh, well, the, the wingers out. <laughs> that, that's what the, 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 the newspaper. No, no, isn't it here? 
Here was the one where they're all naked. And it's not naked in terms of that. I think the person writing the article in the paper was, I think there's one female in it or something like oh, that. Oh, really? Very, okay. very few females. So okay. it's a male-dominated thing. And instead of wearing their coats and all that, they're kind of in ripped jeans. So I think it's a, a modernised Joseph. So taking the kids along. So that'll be good times. Tommy made it. We had school cross-country last week. Tommy, oh, Tommy got I, four. when was that? It was on Friday. Thursday. Friday. No, it was Thursday. Oh, it was either Wednesday or th- it was Thursday. Because there were the other schools having cross country. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. All the schools are going back to Down back. at Henson Park? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Because yeah. on, on Friday, I was doing my long run mm. and the kids were doing it. Yeah, the, the, the zones. Tommy's made it through to the zones. How did he go? He got fourth, so he dropped one position, but he was still pretty pretty okay with that. What do you have to get to get to zones? Top six. Oh, and then stuff. you can go to zones, you got to get, then get in the top six in zones to go through the regional championships. When you get fourth in your school and those right, six go yeah. through, but have gone out. He's, he's, he wants to run every day now for, until the cross country next year. So that's not the best idea, but let's just take some steps. And Felicity got second in hers. Oh wow, was he a bit gutted? She was he a bit gutted? Oh he, oh he probably was. Yeah, yeah. He's quite competitive, isn't he? Very. Competitive. You didn't tell the story about how he actually finally gave Belinda some respect. Oh, he hardly does. <laughs> he wouldn't give Belinda any respect for running the Able Tasman, which yep. he did in just under five hours, and it took him two and a half days to walk it. And he's, I think he still thinks deep down he could beat her. <laughs> he, he thinks he could beat her at everything, and he's just a bit of a dreamer. <laughs> just a bit of a dreamer. When they play board games, does she beat him? Uh, she's a little bit more harsh on him than I am. <laughs> yeah. At what age do you, do you not let them win? Because he must be coming close to that age. And he beats me a lot of games. Yeah. Yep. Just be patient. You've got to go pretty yeah, hard but no, to Yeah, but like that. a game of like, where you, you know, where you, you know. think about it. Yeah. Mm. What age? Get in there. Get close. Yeah. I, I can still get him at Star Wars Risk. Oh, do you play Risk? Star Wars Risk. I love Risk. But this is quite speed Risk. It, oh, does, it? doesn't take too long. And you, if you get your strategy right, you can, yep. yeah. Ben, what's happening in your world? Jumbo, what's happening in my world? I'm, I'm just I'm running, to be honest. I had a really good run on Friday. It was really good. The 32, I think average, I think average four or six or something. Problem hell, that's fair moving. Oh, well, I, I basically, yeah, I'm just moving good. Just as go, wait, let's go. I'm actually on Strava right now because I was looking at the group to see you if I You love your Strava. No, I was, no, I was, I was on there because I was trying to see if I'm in that top 100 on our face. The thing is, I keep forgetting to put my Les Mills workouts in. Yeah, I've got to put those in because they make a big difference. But, um, yeah, no, just, I'm just feeling really good. Yeah, and it's it's kind of not too much effort. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, you know, like, it's so it's going good. Um... Not much, John. Just getting ready for a trip now. Wait. You know, I'm, I'm not busy. You're not busy. Just got a lot to do. I reckon we record a couple more shows now then get them ready. Yeah, we should. Right now? Yep, right now. No, I'm screwed. I'm Russ. I'm in it. Train hard. Train smart. Kick, Kick hard. hard.